Hello everybody, Ben Rogers here, the Raptors Digest. Riker, the Toronto Raptors are returning soon. This Friday, I believe it's our first scrim against the Houston Rockets for the preseason to the sort of restart that we're getting later this month or the beginning of August, so that's exciting. But in the meantime, we've had some reports or news coming out from Kendrick Perkins saying that he believes that Pascal Siakam this season is a top 10 NBA player, Riker, and... I didn't think that was too absurd, but looking at Twitter, looking at Reddit, looking at some YouTube comments, a lot of people have come out and said that that's way too high for a guy like Pascal Siakam, and we're going to break that down, see if that's that's legit or not in this video. Sure. Let's let's get it going. <laughs> let's get it going. So I have a list. So we'll, we'll start off with the guys that it'd be reasonable to put Pascal to put above Pascal Siakam so I'll just list them out and I want you to disagree with me or say anything if you disagree so firstly Giannis Giannis this season LeBron Kawhi those are the big three any disagreements there no no Luca Harden Dame Anthony Davis and Nikola Jokic uh Damian Lillard definitely no Dame yeah so because I broke my list into players that are definitely higher than him and players that you can make arguments if they actually are or not. Okay. Break it down. Break it, so you don't think Dame is ahead of him? No, I think Damian Lillard is on the side that you could debate. Okay. Cuz we're talking okay, locks. So- You're talking locks. And Damian Lillard in my opinion is by no way a lock just in terms of what he's been able to achieve for his franchise. Now, it's a little bit it's a little bit difficult. It's not apples to apples because obviously the Raptors overall team and system and players are better than what Portland has had to deal with over the past few years, but with that being said, I think there is a discussion to be had. I'd put the rest of the guys above him. Maybe not Jokic either, but definitely Doncic. Okay. Is it, do you have any more locks that I didn't really mention? Because that was the last of the locks that I broke. Yeah, up. so we're assuming that we can't include any of the injured players, Steph KD or Clay Thompson. Yeah, they're, they don't count. Just this season. So I had LeBron, Kawhi, Giannis, Harden, Anthony Davis, and Doncic. And Doncic, yeah. So the, all those players are brought up. Jokic and Dame were I put ahead of Siakam this year. And yeah, those are, those are the two guys. So where do you have Siakam in the list, so to speak? I didn't have him in the list I, it's because, like I said, I had six guys that are a lock on the mm-hmm. definitely better than him side. And then I had a yep. list of players that are arguable. And I'd say Russell Westbrook, he honestly should be included again in the top ten. right? He was yep. a triple-double machine. People said, did he deserve it? Did he not? Was he padding his stats? Then his productivity dropped off when he got introduced to Houston. He was shooting at a terribly, terribly inefficient clip from three. Then... D'Antoni finally made the switch, said, we want you just to attack. And all of a sudden, Russell Westbrook became the 30-point god again. So I think he deserves mm-hmm. to be up there. And Paul George, when he's not inconsistent and injured, he's usually a top-10 player as well. So those two guys have an asterisk as to, you know, are they deserving this season or not? Then the rest of the guys we're looking at, because I'm seeing four spots left, is Embiid, Butler, Jokic, Lillard, uh, and then these guys not even in the playoffs, Booker, Beal, Trey Young. And Siakam, those, that's like a mix there of, is he des- more deserving than those guys to be in the top 10? All right, so so I'll, I'll formulate mine right there. I'm in agreement with you. I thought Westbrook and Dame were ahead of Siakam this season, especially where Russell Westbrook, I, you don't even realize it because people just trash on Westbrook 24-7, but he's averaging 28-7-8 and eight 
this season, which is still just remarkable numbers. The Houston was on a big run. They've had a weird season this year, and he's just basically been unstoppable since you mentioned D'Antoni bringing a, putting Westbrook into that new sort of offense. So I'd put Westbrook there this year, and I think Dame, Dame just is completely underrated. I, he was a lock for me because he he's higher than maybe some of those guys that might be other locks for me because he's averaging 29 points seven assists four rebounds on a team that has been completely broken decimated by injuries Rodney Hood Nurkic just their their whole roster that's not even that deep to begin with he he took that roster and they're still fighting for a playoff seed they're probably going to get in I you know I got to so give wait, credit so where you're saying you have Damon nine Miller. players then that are a lock I got Siakam at 10 not yeah, the, that's that's my list. Not locked, but I didn't say Westbrook was a lock, so to speak. I thought Dame was, but having I, I have Siakam firmly at ten ahead of the rest of the guys. Okay. Okay, and so you didn't include Paul George. No, Paul George. He's been way too injured this year. He hasn't even been that good when he's been back. Like he's been solid. He hasn't been bad, but I don't think he's been able to do what Siakam has done this season. Well, I mean, in a way, he hasn't had to, but. I see your point. Okay, so you're saying that Siakam, and and really we're not we're trying not to consider also the status, the superstar status of these players, because if you're looking at names or what they've been able to do over their careers, then you'd have to include Paul George ahead of Siakam. You'd have to, but I, I get your point. That's a valid argument. Yeah, Paul. Paul George is averaging 21 points, four assists, six rebounds, compared to Siakam's 24. Eight and four, and Siakam's on a better, a higher win team. Paul George is playing off Kawhi Leonard, even though Lowry's been great this season. Lowry's not Kawhi. Like I, I don't think there's an argument for Paul George this season. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. Hmm. I yeah. So yeah, go ahead. So what are what are the other players? So who who do you where do you have Siakam sort of in the top ten? Do you have him in the top ten? Where would you put him in those debates? Well, that's just the thing. I wasn't thinking about it that way. I was thinking about it. Who's a lock and who's not? But if you slip him into the 10th spot as the 10th best player in the NBA, and I accept that you put Jokic ahead of him and Damian Lillard, which I didn't necessarily agree with. That that didn't didn't mm-hmm. come top of mind. You're saying now he's ahead of this season. Again, we're, I guess we're not considering the careers of these players. This season better than Embiid, better than Butler, better than Paul George, better than... Booker, Beal, Trey Young, any of the you know All Star level guys that don't make the playoffs or aren't a playoff aren't on a playoff worthy team, and that's the conversation. Then is what what are you considering a top ten guy? Because if you're looking at Trey Young, what he's able to do on an absolutely terrible team, right there they suck, and yet he's able to just dance around opponents. They they could put five guys on Trey Young per night. And he'd still be able to score, and the rest of his team probably wouldn't, <laughs> right? So objectively, he's probably better than Siakam, but that's it's wherever you want to take this argument now as to what would you consider top 10. Minimum, usually, you'd have to be a playoff team in order to be considered a, a top 10 guy, but I don't know well, how, it, how people on Twitter are responding to this. Yeah, it, it depends, because with Trey Young, right, the wins... The win factor is a huge issue because he's literally on one of the worst teams in the NBA, even though they do have some players and people thought they'd be a little bit better. I think Sam Mitchell had them making the playoffs over us this season. So, you know, they, they, they're not devoid of talent, even though the John Collins thing was an issue. But his defense really cripples Trey Young right now to, to the point where I just 
even if they were a decent team, I wouldn't be able to put him over Siakam. But if he can get his defense or just be in a system where it didn't matter that much, right? He was surrounded by a lot of defenders. Then I think, you know, Trey Young will start to creep his way up into the top 10. The biggest guy that I think you left out that I was sort of on the fence with, and it's been a big debate as of late, the Tatum thing. Because I, I have Tatum at 11. I think they're ahead of guys like Butler and Bede. Bradley Beal, because Jimmy Butler, even though the Miami Heat have been good, Jimmy Butler's three-point shooting has just fallen off a cliff this season. He's shooting 24% from the three-point line. He's only averaging 20 points per game. I know he's been an engine and a, a catalyst for the Miami Heat. He's been good, but I definitely don't wouldn't put him in the top 10 over these other players. Embiid with the Sixers, same sort of deal. He's He's been solid again this year, but... The, the Sixers have really struggled, especially on the road. Embiid has struggled with health. And besides rebounding, Siakam hasn't beaten all the counting stats and all that. So those two guys, I'm not really worried about. You know, I think we can firmly put Siakam ahead of them this season. But the Jason Tatum argument, that's been one that's been brought up consistently. Are you, are you surefire on the side of Siakam in this debate? Well, the same reason I didn't include any of the Boston players in my arguable list is because... It's 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 an argument that goes against putting Siakam in top ten. As I look at Boston Celtics being more of an all around team, I don't know how often because I'm not watching Boston games. I'll be honest with you. I just catch highlights and stats. I'm not sure how often the outcome of a game is decided by Chase and Tatum specifically, or if it sometimes falls on Kemba or uh, I don't know help from any of the other guys, right? So. But you can make the same argument for Siakam where on an off night, it's Kyle Lowry that comes up in the clutch and wins the games. Or Fred Van Vliet steps up or Norman Powell has an outburst. So it's tough to say. I think one-on-one, you're going to usually have to favor a guard over a power forward center because they have the ability to, to shoot better. They have better ball handling. And, you know, Pascal Siakam, I think for his size and his position, he's you definitely can't make an argument he's not top in the league for that. Like if you're looking at power mm-hmm. forwards yeah. and centers, he's one of the best, no doubt. But if you're comparing it against a shooting guard slash small forward, I don't know if better – like maybe the edge would have to go to Jason Tatum, but but then you look at impact to the team and how many games is Siakam specifically winning for the Toronto Raptors down the clutch against how many games is Jason Tatum specifically winning for Boston Celtics? I don't know. Well, from my understanding, and I've caught a few Celtics games this year. I have a lot of Celtics friends, close big Celtics fans in my friend group, and they. They say that Tatum's been their closer and has been, you know, their main guy down the stretch of things. When you look at their stats side by side, they're both averaging exactly 23.6 points per game. Uh, Siakam has the edge on the rebounding side of things. Uh, Tatum is a better three-point shooter, is a bit more consistent on a higher volume. Siakam has a better, bit better field goal percentage. So it, they're they're very tight. They're, it's a very tight race. And the reason I give the edge to Siakam not aside from my homerness, obviously, but the Toronto Raptors, as you said, have a better record than the Boston Celtics right now. They're winning more. They have similar style rosters around them. You know, lots of guys that can score and play well-rounded teams. And you brought up the argument, maybe the Celtics are more well-rounded. I, I tend to disagree with that. I think the Celtics have a lot of players, a lot of talented guys that score. They're re- they have a lot of great scores on the roster. Uh, Kemba Walker, Uh, Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, all those guys can put up a 20-piece on any given night. But 
the, the Raptors sort of have more players that do different things, right? Marcus Gasol's defensive ability, Kyle Lowry's leadership and getting into charges and those sorts of things. I think we have a more diverse skill set. That's why I'd pick the Raptors in a seven-game series. But because the stats are so close, because both of them are guys that are closers for their team, for the most part, right? I think, I think just the win factor puts Siakam ahead of Tatum, in my opinion. Well, you could also say, so how many threes per game is Tatum making? Compared to Siakam. So, so Tatum shoots about 7 a game, makes 2.8. And then Siakam shoots 6 a game and makes 2.2. So Siakam's 3-point percentage is 36, and Tatum is about 40. Yeah, but you could almost argue if they're averaging the same amount of points. And so Siakam's overall field goal percentage is better than Jason Tatum's? Yeah, Siakam's shooting 46%, and Tatum is shooting 45. Yeah, so you could almost argue, too... And you could, you could obviously argue against this point, but you could almost argue if Siakam is scoring the same amount of points on less three-pointers made, then he has to score more buckets per game in order to get that same amount of points, right? Coming from the inside, mm-hmm. inside the line. So you could almost argue, therefore, he's a better scorer because, right, it's one thing to step up outside. And we know how difficult it is to shoot a three. We know how difficult it is to shoot an NBA three, especially when guys... In, in today's NBA defensive schemes, they're all about slipping over the tops of screens and trying to take those shots away. But at the end of the day, Pascal Siakam is, is I would have to, I don't know what the exact stats are, but you'd have to imagine he's scoring points in the paint at a higher percentage or just more volume than Jason Tatum. And when it comes playoff style basketball, we know that that type of scoring is more valuable right we all, all we and obviously three pointers they swing the game right they mm-hmm. they they end runs they end hot streaks or they start hot streaks and they 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 hurt momentum or they you know they boost momentum but if you look at the Houston Rockets when they missed 27 three pointers in a <laughs> row you would have thought that they'd hope that they could have made a couple more shots in the paint so if Pascal Siakam is scoring at a higher volume then you could almost argue yep. that he's better at scoring, not necess- not on a you know not on a pure like who can shoot more jump shots or whatever, but you know he's doing it at a higher volume on the court. So I I'd agree with what you're saying. You know it's there's it could be tit for tat, right? But I think yep. at the end of the day, you know the rest of the guys, even if we're saying that the tenth spot is between Siakam and Tatum. We've basically have no other argument to say that anybody else deserves to be in that conversation. Although at face value, you'd say I'd agree with everybody on Twitter. How the heck could you rank Siakam so high? And uh, but you, you know, if you're taking out Steph and KD and Thompson from the from the equation, then he's definitely up there. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And to build off your Tatum point, because some people might say, well, three-point shooting is essential in the playoffs. We're, we're not saying it's not, right? And Siakam and Tatum can both knock down the three. They're both a threat. So they're you can't sag off them like Simmons. We're not making that argument if Siakam was just a, you know, a non-shooter. But the fact that he's shown more of a diverse skill set, which is essential in the playoffs, because we saw even Kawhi last year had to score a bunch of shots in those floater-type areas when they, you know, the Sixers or the Bucks got out to him on on deep. You know, it's it's going to be interesting. But the, the real test, and because it's so tight statistic-wise, you know, currently right now, the only way this is going to be decided for this season is when the Celtics and the Raptors inevitably meet up in the second round or, you know, if the Celtics or us lose before then, then that will be decided there. So I think that's the only real dividing factor, the only way for this to really be tested. So that's a tough one there. And that's that's my bubble pick, but I'd put Siakam ahead of him. And there might be some people and the Jimmy Butler one was one that was real sort of confusing. Are, are you just in complete agreement that that's just 
mildly absurd this season to put Jimmy Butler ahead of Siakam. Yeah, less output, less efficiency, not as good of a team. team. Yeah, yeah. The the Butler thing and the Embiid. So this is a guy that's been named as a potential the the next the next coming of the next Hakeem. big player in the league. Yeah, anybody. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. And twenty three points, eleven rebounds, still solid numbers, but on a much worse team, on a team with a lot higher expectations. The Raptors this year, I think it's not. You can't put Embiid ahead of Siakam. Well, it'll be very interesting because, I mean, I'm assuming you've heard the points uh, that Brent Brown is going to be shifting permanently, yeah, Simmons to power forward, and they're removing Al Horford from the starting lineup, which has been a disaster Mm -hmm. pairing for whatever reason. For whatever reason, you have, you know, one of the veterans at that position in the power forward center position that can shoot the three and can handle the ball and for whatever reason cannot work together with Siakam to, to produce wins. So I'm, uh, uh, sorry, not Siakam, Embiid. So I'm excited that, <laughs> listen, if the Raptors had Al Horford, you guarantee that would make that, they would make that work, right? That would just be yeah. like having two Serge Ibaka's almost, you know, those, you know, smaller, but they can play the scent. That'd be perfect. But anyways, yep. when you, when you shift Simmons to the power forward, I think it changes the whole dynamic. All of a sudden their size, I think becomes a little bit more impactful. You'd think having a 6'11 point guard, you could dominate, but for whatever reason, they couldn't do it. So I, I think we could see Embiid's productivity go up even more. So, But for now, looking at regular season, he's not better than Siakam. No way. Yeah. Yeah, no, we're, we're in agreement on those. The last one, and I guess the last one I have on my list, Bradley Beal, he's just on too bad of a team right now to even be in the conversation. Same, same vein, Trey Young. He hasn't been able to elevate. You agree with that one? Well, that's tough, though, because he has been able to elevate. Like, if he scores 40 points or 50 points, that terrible, terrible Washington team wins a game. But That's fair. Right, so, I, again, at a pure skill level, I don't know if skill is the right word, just at a pure player, yeah, skill level, I think Bradley Beal is better than Siakam. Finesse, execution, but you're right. He's not on a good team, right? You, like, how can you give it to a guy that's... Well, he's ninth, I guess, but no, it's it's got to be Siakam in that argument. Yeah, and the defensive side of the floor, Siakam just really takes it to a whole another level. We won't get into the Bradley Beal one because I got one last name I want to throw at you before we sort of send it off, Riker. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't been brought up at all because most of the people that are uh, that are arguing against Siakam are you know anti Raptors guys or just not Raptors fans. But Kyle Lowry, would you say Siakam has been definitively better than Kyle Lowry this season? Yeah. That's interesting. What is, That's interesting. What are Kyle Lowry's stats? What are his hard stats here? I believe, I'm going to pull them up now, but I believe it's about 20, 20 and 7. 20, 20 and 7? No, no, 20 and 7. 20 and 7. No, it can't be. You can't, it, you can't, you can't make that, you can't make that claim. Because while Kyle Lowry brings leadership and he probably leads the league again this season and charges taken... He's by no way consistent. Well, Pascal Siakam is not consistent either. But Kyle Lowry, <laughs> he takes over games at the end. He takes over down the stretch if he's shooting his three well. That's that's. I don't think there's any two ways around that. Kyle Lowry mm-hmm. usually lives or dies by the three. And he has much better games when he also gets into the key and he gets his little floaters up and stuff. But he lives or dies by the three. And the Raptors are affected by usually how well he's shooting unless other guys step up. And I, I don't think you can give... You, I don't think you can give the title of the better player to a guy that 
that needs to shoot the threes in order to take over a game, right? Because that's that's it. That's all he has to offer. We've already established Pascal Siakam is shooting at his career best. He's making a lot of threes. He's taking a lot. He's also able to do it in the, in the paint. He's able to do it from mid range. His ball handling has improved. It to me, it's it's a no brainer. But I am sure as a Lowry Homer, you'll have some other points. <laughs> You know it's coming. No, but uh, yeah, I see your point because Lowry's shooting 35% from the three-point line down from his peak years where he's shooting you know, 41%, 40%. But uh, he's having an amazing year. But I put Kyle Lowry in sort of the same boat as Chris Paul. Those two guys, when they're on your team, they set the tone to win games, right? They're the types of players that, you know, if they're not on the court, I think they have more of an impact on winning than compared to a guy like Siakam, Beal, or even, you know, all these other, even some guys in the, the top 10, you know? But they aren't the guys that are the main cog in winning. They're, I consider them more the players that get the main cogs going to really elevate wins, if that makes sense, right? So I think, see, you can make an argument, there's a stronger argument for saying Kyle Lowry's the most important guy on this team this year. You know, when he's out, we have, a, you know, it's a, it's a tougher time to win, even though we have such a well-rounded roster this season. But Better player, if you're going for the top 10, you got to put Siakam up there. Yep, and that's an elegant way of phrasing it. For sure. But let us know what you guys think. Do you guys think it's absurd that Pascal Siakam is in the top 10? Or does do you agree that he should be in that 9th, 10th spot? Maybe debate it with, with Tatum. Let us know in the comment section below. You're the best for making this far. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all that cool stuff. We're almost up to 3,000 followers on Instagram, so definitely check that out. Follow that over there. It's been some quality posting, consistent posting, I guess, more so to speak, recently. So check that out. Riker, any last words? That's it, Ben. Cheers.